Globalism on the ropes as the Catholic Church in Africa doubles down and bishops all over the world mount formal resistance to a reigning pontiff never before seen in the history of the papacy. Plus, Tucker Carlson expresses concern that the assassination of Donald Trump may be next after the Donald Trump of South Korea is knifed in broad daylight. Meanwhile, Jimmy Lai finally goes to trial as Vladimir Putin sends a message to the lunatics of Davos. All that matters now, says Putin, is not globalism, but Mother Russia. Tonight, are we looking at the abortion of the New World Order? Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Michael Matt. This is the Remnant Underground. Tonight, we are going to connect a few more of those dots between fiducia supplicants and Agenda 2030, the attempted establishment of the New World Order. Everything happening today, friends, from the new and improved synodal Catholic Church of Pope Francis uh, to war on Donald Trump and his presidential bid, uh, to the wide open U.S. southern border, to the coming cashless society, digital ID, global surveillance state, the whole bit. It's all about this mad globalist push to crush sovereignty and to establish a new political order, a godless political order on the ashes of holy Christendom, what's left of Christianity in the world today. So the question is, how exactly does fiducia supplicants, this Vatican official softening, if you will, on the homosexual lifestyle. How does it fit into this grand scheme of things? That's the subject of tonight's Reddit Underground. But first, please don't forget now, as we head into this turbulent, bizarre, unknown 2024, do not forget that we here at Remnant TV are posting across four platforms now, four platforms, hoping that one of them survives what's coming, the crackdown that's coming. We're using four platforms to launch every single Remnant video. First and foremost, it goes up at remnantnewspaper.com. Remember that. And again, it really doesn't matter what you think of the political situation. It doesn't matter at all what you think of Donald Trump. Everything is out of the closet now. Whether you think Trump is the great white hope or the great compromise or whatever you think, it doesn't matter. The point is our globalist friends hate this guy's guts because of the potential pro-American, make everything, make America great stand that he has. So they're gonna do everything they possibly can to stop him from making America independent from their new globalist regime. Again, whether you like him or not, that's what they're gonna do, and it's gonna get ugly. If you felt, and you really believed, and a lot of them do, that the worst thing that could happen to the country, and more specifically to you, in the professional class, is to have Donald Trump as president and everything you have tried has failed and they have been accelerating steps, protests, impeachment, indictment. Like how many more arrows do you have in your quiver? And what's the next one? And of course it's assassination. Crazy talk? Well, look what they did to the Donald Trump of Hong Kong, one of the richest men and a devout Catholic in Hong Kong. Jimmy Lai arrived in court Monday for a highly anticipated trial, facing charges under Hong Kong's national security law. The pro-democracy publisher faces up to life in prison if convicted. Here you have a guy, brilliantly successful uh, commercially, a publisher, a journalist, 
pro-democracy campaign. He embodies everything that they have sought to oppress. And people are just now recognizing that in each field of his life, Hong Kong is poorer over the last few years than it was previously. And that if we don't stand up for this man who represents all of these, uh, all of these things, we don't stand up for Hong Kong. Now you remember Jimmy, Jimmy Lai, right? We did a show on him, a couple shows on him years ago. The poor man has been rotting in a prison ever since. Again, he's a devout Catholic. And he was also one of the early critics, don't forget, of Pope Francis. Well, when you talk about China, it's powerful. It's only in the way of raw power, material power. Mm -hmm. But as a religion, the power is virtual. The power is spiritual. Mm -hmm. Vatican cannot forsake the believer who look for its virtue and moral power for the raw power of material. And this is where the Pope has gone wrong. Speaking to the Napa Institute just weeks before his arrest, Jimmy spoke about the Vatican's deal with Beijing, which was just renewed, but whose terms they still insist on keeping secret. Why they want to make it secret? Are they ashamed of the treaty they signed with China? Are there some corruption within, uh, within the Vatican to do such a ridiculous thing? So that man is rotting in prison. And now just this week, the Donald Trump of South Korea got himself stabbed in the neck in broad daylight for trying to bring some sanity to his country. <laughs> So I'm not really sure that Tucker Carlson is so far off base. These folks are going to do anything now, as we talked about last week. They are wounded and they're dangerous, right? And this, by the way, is the price that we all pay. This is what the price that our societies pay now, this anarchy, bloodshed, absolute chaos. This is the price that we have to pay for having banished Almighty God and His law and natural law and the Christian moral law from our societies. Don't you see? There's no stopping these people. They will not stop. There's no reason for them to stop other than brute force. So we need to get ready for this. The real struggle, says the great English novelist Evelyn Waugh, he says it isn't between fascism, communism, and democracy. It's between Christianity and chaos. Well, here we are. Here we go. So while there is, and I stress this because we knew it was coming all along and this is what keeps us fighting, while there is a great and welcome awakening going on right now, 2024 is going to be hell on earth precisely because of that awakening or largely because of that awakening. They realized they didn't seduce us, they didn't intimidate us, so now it's gonna get ugly for a while. And anyone, friends, anyone, Continuing to speak, to speak out against the regime, to speak out what's, gonna, what's, what's happening, what they have in store for us, he's going to find himself in the crosshairs. And of course, that includes little shows like ours down here in the underground. So please, I want to ask you as we get started tonight and in the new year, do whatever you possibly can to keep the remnant underground out of big tech's crosshairs so we can continue to fight. First and foremost, as I always say, subscribe to my e-letter. There's a link right down here. It just takes a second. Please do that. And then tell your family, tell your friends, tell your mailman, tell your priest, tell everybody that Rendon TV videos are up first 
at remnantnewspaper.com, whether YouTube likes our content or not. And also make sure to follow me on Twitter. Twitter, so far anyway, seems pretty friendly to us. We're able to post over there without a lot of problems. So uh, check this right here, this uh, link to Twitter, and follow me on Twitter so we can get ready for whatever whatever comes. So now to this, to this connection. I, I think it's fairly obvious, but I think for some, especially who are new to tradition, I think the connection between our woke Vatican, Pope Francis, Team Francis, and the burgeoning New World Order is still somewhat new. And so we really need to sort of set the stage on how we are to um, observe what's going on and how we are to fight back. First of all, things are not going to be always easy for us to see. You gotta learn to read between the lines. This is the problem with these Pope splainers. They look at this new document, this new declaration, and they say, well, all I see is a defense of marriage and it's wonderful and the church hasn't changed. Well, of course not, because they've been doing this for so long. They subtly come in, get it started, break the rules, get people having a conversation until pretty, pretty soon what was utterly forbidden just a few years ago is the future of the Catholic Church. They're doing it once again. So things are not going well right now for the globalists and that's to our advantage. Thus the sheer desperation that we see growing more obvious not only in politics, but also in church politics, in the Catholic Church. The Vatican has clarified its recent document on guidance for blessings of same-sex couples and those in irregular situations. It says no teaching on marriage has changed and that pastoral blessings of same-sex couples are not an endorsement of those who request them. <laughs> this blessing is an act of sheer desperation because people were really ticked off. Wait, Vatican, you said you were going to bless gay unions. What happened? So they're desperate, friends, because there is opposition to their agenda, a lot of opposition to their agenda. Similarly, the crackdown on the Latin mass. What is that? What is that? Other than an act of sheer desperation because they failed to cancel us. They failed to cancel Tradition and this Novus Ordo experiment of theirs is becoming a train wreck, a dumpster fire, right? Let us call to mind sin in our society and ask the Lord to free us from blindness to his love. From the blindness of not following the golden rule of kindness towards others, Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. For the times we blindly ignore kind greetings from others, Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. From the sense of blind entitlement some people seem to have, Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. You know, so sometimes you really do have to look between the lines to see what's going on. It's not all black and white anymore. It's really not. It's not obvious. It's not obvious good guys here, bad guys here, white hats here, black hats here. But you have to look between the lines to see what's happening. Those days of having clarity in black and white and white and black hats, that's, those days are gone. They've been gone ever since we threw God out of politics, out of our schools, out of our families, now even out of our churches. So what we are looking for today are any signs of the inevitable collapse of this godless revolution. And those signs are to be seen all around us now. So I know some of you think that this is the end of the world, right? Because of this interpretation of the book of Revelation or because of this or that prophecy. So thus there's no reason for us to fight. We need to just pray and you know my position on that. 
Maybe that's true, but maybe we're certainly praying. We need to pray, but maybe it's the end of the world. Maybe it ain't, right? And just, for example, just a few weeks ago, we were being told by our critics that recognizing and resisting was an exercise in sheer futility, right? But then what happened? All of a sudden, out of nowhere, entire conferences of Catholic bishops, <laughs> as well as bishops of pretty much the entire continent of Africa, rose up recognizing and resisting Francis. So now what? They got the Vatican on the ropes. The Vatican is on defense. So what do you think? What do you think we should do now? We should continue that, shouldn't we? It's working. We're watching it working all over the world. And similarly, just a few years ago, when, when, when we were in the middle of the most bizarre global lockdown in the history of the human race, we were told there's no point in resisting the globalist takeover of the world either because globalism had done what? It ended locked down the entire planet. There's nothing we can do, all right? They're too powerful. They got too much money. There's nothing you can do. Well, that was before leaders of several of the most powerful countries on earth, whether you like them or not, that's not the point. As before, they decided that they'd had enough of the lunatics of Davos, and now they're out there sounding more nationalistic than anything anyone has heard in 70 years. The most important thing that has always united us is the fate of the motherland. We have repeatedly proven ourselves capable of solving the most challenging tasks, and we will never back down. For there is no such force in the world that could break us apart or make us forget the memory and the faith of our fathers. The year 2024 has been declared in Russia the year of the family. And a true big family is, of course, one where there are children, where there is care for each other, heartfelt warmth, and where elders are looked after, where there is love and respect to each other. Next year, I wish all families in Russia all the best, for the history of each family combines to make the history of our vast, beautiful and beloved motherland. Its fate is shaped and created by us all, the multinational people of Russia. We are one country, one big family. We will ensure the development of our country and the well-being of our fellow compatriots. Now, please understand the point that we're trying to make here. You don't like Putin. You don't trust Putin. That's fine, and that's utterly irrelevant. Whatever. Quite, quite simply, whatever. That doesn't matter. That's not the point. The point is this. Vladimir Putin now is done playing their game, and now he's playing his game. He's playing Russia's game, which means Agenda 2030, for example, or the Great Reset, is DOA in Mother Russia. You see how it works? And globalism demands that every single country, especially powerful countries, comply. It's the only way it works. Everybody has got to be on board. So again, no matter what you think of Vladimir Putin, as long as any powerful country, such as Russia, opts out of what this thing is, the whole experiment is crippled, and they know it. That's why all you hear when you turn your TV on is Russia evil, Russia bad, crush Russia, right? Because it's standing in the way of their experiment. You say, well, Russia's going to build its own new world order. Okay, well, wait and see. 
But what we want right now is divide and conquer. Russia is dividing and conquering this crazy, lunatical, Great Reset New World Order nonsense. And remember, this is the same as we, as we talked about last year. This is the same reason that they, that they took Donald Trump down. Whatever you think of Donald Trump, it doesn't matter, right? Globalism, put it this way, globalism is the new world order. The new world order, the fuel of the new world order is globalism, right? And nationalism, on the other hand, even dangerous nationalism is going to blow that new world order up in its own incubator. Do you see how this works? So it presents an opportunity for us as Catholics, as soldiers and defenders of the kingship of Jesus Christ to possibly get a foothold, get a toehold right now in a time when the world is absolutely dying for something, anything to do with the return of Christ the King, whether they acknowledge, acknowledge that or not. So turning to the Pope now, Francis. Maybe this would help you understand what I'm talking about. Have you ever wondered why Pope Francis is always siding with Ukraine? Ever noticed that? It's because what Russia is doing is fundamentally anti-globalism. You don't have to like it. You can be opposed to it. But you still have to admit that what Russia is doing in Ukraine is fundamentally anti-globalism and pro-nationalism, you see? And Francis is an anti-nationalist, open borders globalist. That's why he never, ever behaves as if or talks as if there are two sides to this story. Again, doesn't mean that you need to love Putin. Just read between the lines. When these guys, these powerful globalists, when they come out on TV or wherever, and they present a given conflict as if there is only one side to it, that's when you know. That's when you know it's a lie. They are lying to you. Whether it's Ukraine, Syria, Iraq, Israel, it doesn't matter. There are always two sides. You know this as a student of human nature. There's always two sides. And right now, Francis <laughs> wants you to think there's just one side when it comes to Ukraine. He wants you to think that nothing happened in 2014 in Ukraine. That there was no Obama-backed coup in Ukraine in 2014. But there was no influence from Victoria Nuland and John McCain and Lindsey Graham, guys who went over there and declared war on Putin, right? With Ukraine as the home base, their launching pad against Putin. Remember, this is in 2014, 2015. All of us will go back to Washington and we will push the case against Russia. Enough of a Russian aggression. It is time for them to pay a heavier price. This had nothing to do, according to the Vatican, with NATO, with NATO expansion in Ukraine, with encroach, encroaching on Russia's borders. You see, one side of the conflict is being presented. Just evil Russia invading an innocent little Ukraine where Hunter Biden is dad were out there planting daisies and painting pisanka eggs for years and years, doing, doing nothing wrong. <laughs> you see? You know that's not true. And it's a good example of how these globalists work. You know that there's more to the story. So even if you're still in the, in the tank for Zelensky, you gotta wonder, why does Francis pretend? Why does Joe Biden pretend? Why do the lunatics of Davos all pretend as if there are not two sides to this conflict. Honestly, 
answer that question and you're well on your way to arming yourself against these lying, globalist, godless purveyors of fake news. You see? So again, we started off talking about this declaration, this Vatican declaration, that at the moment the entire world is talking about, blessing same-sex couples. How does this fit into all that? Well, first of all, my opinion of fiducia supplicants should not matter to you at all. It really shouldn't. And neither does your opinion of it matter to me, and neither does the opinion of any of the Pope's planners out on YouTube. That doesn't make any difference at all. Who cares in this case? The only opinion, this is such an important moment, friends. We have to realize what's happening here. I'm like to keep always reminding, reminding you how long we've been at this fight. We've never seen anything like this. This is the opportunity of a lifetime of this counter-revolution. It's the opportunity of a lifetime. We've never seen anything like it. The only opinion of what's happening right now in the Vatican that matters is that of one specific group, and that is the bishops of the Catholic Church. The folks for whom this worthless document was intended, was written in the first place. That's all we need to talk about. You see what we can do? We can take ourselves out of it. We can take our little splaining out of it, our own opinions out of it. It doesn't matter. We're just little laymen looking at this thing going, what's, what's going on here? You see? That's all we need to talk about. How are the bishops responding to what the Vatican just did? And at the moment, the bishops' conferences of countries, whole countries, like Hungary, Poland, Kazakhstan, most of the countries in Africa, are resisting Francis to his face over this document. African Catholic bishops are rejecting the Pope's stance when it comes to same-sex relationships. The pushback against Pope Francis has been extraordinary. Some Catholic bishops in Africa and Poland say they will not implement the new Vatican policy allowing blessings for same-sex couples. Bishops from Nigeria, bishops from Kenya, Ghana, Mali spoke out and they said that they are not going to be implementing that in their countries even though the Pope said they can give blessings to same-sex couples. This is going to bring some kind of issue and even the bishops were talking about how this is going to confuse their flocks, which is the people that follow the religion, and it is sending a different message than what they were sending up until this point. Even though some people were also downplaying this decision, the most pushback came from African bishops and African Catholic Church. Okay, okay. So do you see what's, do you see what's going on here? Francis is tearing the Catholic Church in half. Okay? Could they be wrong in how they're reacting to it? I guess so, sure. Should we be taking Cardinal Supic's more favorable take to this? Maybe if you want. But that doesn't change the reality. It doesn't change the fact that at the very least, given how many bishops' conferences now are in full-on opposition to the Vatican, something we probably haven't seen since the Arian heresy, in the early stages of that heresy, Given that fact, what we're looking at, at the very least, which is how you, exp you expose these pope splainers for the frauds and cowards that they are, at the very least, we have to admit that we are looking at massive, gross incompetence at the highest levels of the Catholic Church today. 
that they would alienate their own bishops to this extent. And that a pope, who in the name of equity, diversity, and inclusion, is sending out messages that massively and fundamentally and totally confuse millions of people all over the world. Nigerian Catholics Jane and her partner Lucy have a little hope their local parish church will bless their same-sex union anytime soon. And that's despite a landmark Vatican ruling allowing such blessings. The Pope's declaration is still in good faith for us. For Jane, the fact that the issue is being openly discussed is reason enough to consider eventually approaching her priest for a blessing, if her partner agrees. We are getting there, she said. A moment of self-expression and acceptance is coming. And there you have it, friends. Of course it is. She's right. I don't blame this poor Jane in Nigeria. Do you? Of course not. I blame Francis. He's the guy in charge. He's the shepherd sending that message to the sheep. <laughs> in fact, Francis, what the hell are you doing to Jane from Nigeria? Why are you doing this to her? Francis, your holiness. I mean, what else is she supposed to think other than that gay marriage is right around the corner when you soften up like this? That's the message you want to send, isn't it? And to the Pope's planners, please go over to remnantnewspaper.com right now and check out this article. I'll have Walter throw it up on the screen. Right there in paragraph 31 of Fiducia Supplicans, it is explicitly stated, quote, Within the horizon outlined here appears the possibility of blessing for couples in irregular situations and for couples of the same sex, end quote. Therefore, a couple of the same sex is blessed, not a person of the same sex. You see? It's all right there for those who have eyes to see it and ears to hear it. If you're in denial, you're going to struggle. But that's the message that the Vatican is clearly sending to the world, friends. And that's what I meant earlier. Read between the lines. You know what they're doing. You know what they're doing. We already showed you several times now how in the documentary, Francesco, Francis, comes right out, meets with a gay couple, tells them to come to church, gives them his blessing as in his approval. You see? Blessing can mean simply an approval. They have the papal blessing. Jane from Nigeria just confirmed it again. We know that Francis is blessing us. When will the bishops get over themselves? And that's what Francis is doing, Team Francis is doing, absolutely right now. As Jane from Nigeria says, the Catholic Church will approve same-sex marriage. It's just a matter of time. That's between the lines. Because the Catholic Church now, friends, and this is why, this is the whys. When we explain what they're doing, we saw them doing it for two years at the Synod on Synodality. They're sending a message out to the whole world. The Catholic Church is raising the white flag of surrender on the moral issues, right? In the name of mercy. But the reason why they're doing this is because if the Catholic Church is going to be a player in this new world order, and obviously they've already anointed Francis to be their spiritual leader, to be their chaplain, if he's going to continue to be the leader, the spiritual leader of the new world order, he is going to have to make the Catholic Church inclusive of every sin, 
of every aberration in hell and on earth. Because to prevent, to stand against certain sins, certain lifestyles is what? It's not inclusive. It's not diversity, is it? It's not equity. It's exclusive. <laughs> you see? And that's the problem. And any Catholic countries now that are using the Catholic Church as their shield against the EU or the European Union or the, the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, they're going to have to shut up now. Because the Catholic Church is at the, at, the, at the level of the Vatican is making it real clear. Nope, we are no longer standing for that. You see? And when that happens, when that's the message that the Church sends, the Catholic Church is officially dead. She stands for nothing. Do you begin to see the demonic component to all of this? This is a war on the social kingship of Jesus Christ such as nobody has ever seen in the history of the church. And that, dear friends, is why now we're seeing entire conferences of Catholic bishops who have no choice but before God and conscience to resist Francis to his face. And I really want to stress here, friends, Traditional Catholics are not the ones being closed-minded here. These are not Latin Mass people. There are a lot of bishops here who would not agree with me on the Second Vatican Council. But I am saying of them that they are men of God who are doing their best, who are also victims of this revolution, right? They have retained the faith. I'm not demanding anything of them. I'm just looking at bishops, priests who are good and holy men trying to do the best. They don't agree with me. They're not traditionalists. They're not remnant readers. They're not watching our show, okay? But they, they, they come to a point, they, we've come to a point in the church that is so horrific that everyone basically now becomes rad trads, right? They have to stand and resist. It's exactly what the Peruvian bishop, Rafael Escudero Lopez Bria, did just this, this week, responding to this declaration by prohibiting his priests from blessing same-sex couples, saying such blessings, quote, directly and seriously contradict divine revelation and the unbroken doctrine and practice of the Catholic Church. When you read things like that coming from the mouths of bishops all over the world, it's time to turn off the YouTube Pope-splainers, the lay people, the guys out there with the little the little explaining that they want to do in order to get their view counts up. You see how important this is? All of us need to shut up and listen to these bishops and ask ourselves, wow, why are they doing this? What is happening in the Vatican? That's the only honest and integral thing to do right now. What is going on in the Vatican that's causing this kind of a reaction that's tearing the Catholic Church in half right now? Entire websites, you know, are out there keeping a running list of the bishops' conferences all over the world, and Walter throws up on the screen, who are resisting Francis to his face. You scroll, scroll down this list, look at the number. It grows just a little more every day, and what we're looking at here is actually, friends, bigger than anything we've seen before. Unless you're a racist and you refuse to allow the African bishops to be players here, to be, to be spokesmen here for what's happening. You want to be a racist because they're black. I know there are a lot of racists in the globalist community. But if you're not a racist, then you have to admit 
that what's happening, especially with Africa, but with all, also with Hungary, Kazakhstan, a number of other bishops, the bishops of South Dakota, for <laughs> thanks be to God, right? What's happening here is bigger than anything we've ever seen. Certainly, certainly eclipses the original dubia intervention over Amoris Laetitia of Cardinal Burke and the, and the four cardinals, the cardinals uh, from a few years ago, much bigger than that. Arguably, it's larger in scope, certainly potentially, if this keeps going, much larger in scope than the history-changing resistance of His, of his Excellency Archbishop Marcel Lefebvre in 1988. Seriously, friends, we, <laughs> unlike anything we, we've ever seen, as I say, possibly since the Arian heresy, the early days when there was still some resistance before it boiled down to just one guy, St. Athanasius. Massive moment. This is no longer about us, about splaining on either side, splaining what the Pope's doing or trying to defend a traditionalist position. We just have to look at the reality where this has come now. Francis is tearing the Catholic Church in half, not according to me, not according to rad trads, but according to faithful bishops all over the world. And we have an obligation before God to ask why this is happening. And to be honest, and how we answer that, it's Francis. It's the Pope. Do you realize how significant this moment is? Do you realize how important it is to maintain our ground here, that we need to stay in the church and resist because of moments like this, where the grace of Almighty God can be seen, can, it's palpably obvious, it's visible in the church. They haven't all sold out. We need to stand with them, the good bishops, the good priests, and there are going to be more and more of them. This is a turning point for 50 years, friends. I'll close on this. For 50 years, we traditional Catholics have been being accused of horrible and ugly things, like thinking that we're just more Catholic than everybody else. We're renegades who think we have the authority to judge popes and to judge councils. Who do you think you are, right? We have the right, they tell us, to stand strong and tall with Martin Luther and John Calvin for what we're doing. Even though we're not trying to change a, sig a single doctrine or dogma of the church, even though all we're trying to do is live our faith as it was taught to us in Catholic schools by Catholic nuns and Catholic priests 40 years ago, made no deviation whatsoever. It's not true what they're saying about us. Traditional Catholics have never trusted their own little interpretation. We've always stood on the shoulders of authority, whether it's Archbishop Lefebvre early on to Archbishop Vigano, from Bishop Sheen, Fulton Sheen, to Bishop Schneider, from Cardinal Burke to Cardinal Muller. It doesn't matter if they're Novus Ordo bishops. It doesn't matter what they believed a few years ago. It's what they're saying now that we're looking to and thanking God for, we have always appealed to the authority in the Catholic Church. From the beginning, it has been about authority, not us. We have always longed to step in behind rightful leadership, rightful hierarchical authority, and let them lead us in truly Catholic counter-revolution. In other words, we've changed nothing. And today, <laughs> today we stand with hundreds of bishops and millions of Catholics all over the world. We're all rad trads now. The revolution is fully and finally out of the closet. 
God is intervening, and the good news is that God is intervening. The war between faithful Catholics, by the way, has just ended <laughs> abruptly, overnight. We're all standing together. We're all united. In fact, I proudly endorse the work of our friends over at Crisis Magazine. We've talked about this before because it wasn't too long ago that Crisis Magazine was lambasting the remnant, right? And there's been a, wind, a, 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 a shift in the winds, winds of change, right? For a long time, and I'm thrilled uh, to endorse what Crisis Magazine is doing right now. I'm thrilled, I was thrilled to have editor Eric Sammons, a good friend of mine, speak at, the, at this year's Catholic Identity Conference. Fantastic talk. But this week, the folks at Crisis have definitely outdone themselves with an article by Franciscan University theology professor, uh, Professor Regis Martin. I'll link to, link to that article right here below, so do, do yourself a favor, just drop everything and read it and share it with everyone you know, because it's short and it gets right to the point. <laughs> Put this up on Twitter the other day, I said nothing, nothing more needs to be said than this. And remember, remember, this is not a remnant guy. This is a Franciscan University at Steubenville guy, okay? But he's also a faithful, honest Catholic, intellectual theologian who is obviously, he's had enough and he's utterly unafraid to speak the truth about this crisis. So he says, what would I say if I had the chance to address the Pope in his article? And he says, quote, your holiness, with all due respect, there are two things you must do and two more things you might do. The first two are fairly easy. Get rid of Fernandez, then dump the declaration. As for the remaining two, these are optional, but I'd strongly recommend both. Resign the office that has become so torturous to occupy, then go off to the nearest monastery for a life of prayer and penance, end quote. Why? According to the theologian from Franciscan University, because to paraphrase this professor, this is madness. And the church, which has always stood for sanity, has to ask this Pope to step down in order to make things sane again. Not that it matters to the professor, I'm sure, but I would like to add my voice of support to his, to that of Professor Regis Martin. Francis, for God's sake, <laughs> and for the salvation of the souls of children all over the world, step down. End this reign of terror. And please, to all the faithful bishops of the world, first of all, God bless you. Thank you for what you're doing. And I would ask all the bishops now to stand with those bishops, stand with the African bishops, etc. Resist fiducia supplicants with all your strength and eminences, excellencies. While you're at it, resist traditionis custodis with everything you've got, because it comes from the same demonic mindset. They're both, these documents, both clearly offensive to Almighty God.